Hello, and welcome to the Dairy Defined podcast. Dairy farmer fortunes have seemingly taken a turn for the better in recent weeks as demand recovers with nationwide reopenings during the coronavirus pandemic. But the certainty of that recovery may be as certain as the path of the pandemic itself. Peter Battagliano is the chief economist of the National Milk Producers Federation. He publishes our monthly dairy market report available on nmpf.org. And he's been closely watching the economic dimensions of coronavirus and dairy. Thank you for joining us again, Peter. Certainly. So it's been too long since we last spoke, Peter, um, and a lot has changed in the past few weeks. How have we seen dairy prices evolve in these weeks, and what are the signals that are currently driving markets? In general, things are looking much better for producers, uh, although I'm going to qualify that in a moment. But it, it's been a roller coaster, and it's probably continued to, going to continue to be a roller coaster as we as we move into the summer and through the summer, when the effects of the pandemic hit the markets, prices took a nosedive. Cheese prices on the cash markets in particular dropped down to a dollar uh, a pound for several weeks. Subsequently, they have recovered in the most spectacular fashion to record high levels of about uh, $2.60 a hundredweight. That is probably the, the longest and fastest span of change in that important market indicator. But the effects are, uh, are, are sort of working through the system with some lags. Producer prices are scheduled to be uh, at their worst for May, and they were already recorded for April. After that, the markets currently are looking like there's going to be a very strong rebound, and the prices will get back to a more normal level for the uh, uh, second half of, of this year. What's driving that is very simply um, several factors affecting uh, supply. The dairy industry uh, entered into the uh, pandemic with a very, very strong buildup of dairy cows and milk production. And uh, that was met very quickly by some very concerted actions by dairy cooperatives imposing uh, base excess plans in their producers, which basically sent the signal that uh, that producers were not going to get paid very much for milk over uh, over and above recommended levels. Farmers uh, reacted to that very quickly. They reduced their feeding. Uh, they reduced their milking frequency. For a brief moment, they culled uh, extra cows, but that did not last very long. Uh, but the result is that uh, that buildup in production was, was uh, blunted considerably. And on the demand side, uh, we saw various... Uh, First of all, throughout this period, there have been increased uh, sales at retail as people have switched massively from food service to uh, basically shopping at supermarkets. Uh, but food service took a very, very strong uh, drop for a period of time, and that dropped total demand. But then government stepped up government purchases for food service purposes, kicked in, and there's been some restocking of empty food service pipelines as food service establishments uh, uh, anticipate some staged reopening. So things have significantly improved on the demand side. Uh, they've improved on the supply side, and that has resulted in a very, very rapid change in the uh, market price outlook. And delving more into those forecasts, Peter, since we've had such a quick change, it leads to the question, how much can we actually believe these numbers that we're seeing? It seems like almost by definition, they'd have to rely on scenarios that are just more difficult to predict in the world we're living in. The futures indications, again, are looking, are looking good, but the futures are basically just a, a collective expression of what uh, the 
players in the market thinks it's going to happen. And that that has been changing, but it's been generally improving fairly steadily since things hit bottom uh, in about the third week in April. There's been a general improvement in the expectation for the average milk prices that producers will receive uh, all this year. What's the downside risk? Well, the downside risk is that um, you know we may have a second wave of infections as people are rushing too quickly to reopen and uh, basically drop some of their more cautionary social distancing and isolation behaviors. We will see a pullback in this uh, temporary surge in food service purchasing. I think people are going to be probably more reluctant to go back to restaurant eating. Uh, it's going to take a while. Uh, that's partly built into the futures markets now. Uh, we're looking that prices will uh, will ease back from what the expectation is right now for, say, Ju- uh, July and August. As we get further away, it gets less uncertain. Farmers um, seem to be, uh, except for that very, very brief time of additional culling, it's been remarkable that farmers have uh, basically not done a lot of extra culling. They've uh, significantly reduced their production per cow in the, the data we off- have already for April, which um, does not surprise me. I think farmers are expecting there to be better prices sooner rather than later. And um, many of them uh, basically want to be positioned to uh, continue their normal expansion of production uh, when that occurs. How have you seen this sort of real-time experiment in private sector-led supply management work? It can work when there's um, widespread, clear need for it to happen. In normal times when prices are getting um, a little bit soft and uh, there's too much production, as we've had a good part of the time in the last five years, which is basically why prices have been tended to have been a little bit on the depressed side, it is difficult to impose that discipline. Farmers like to uh, like to have the freedom to uh, to produce what they'd like to produce. And so it gets difficult for an individual cooperative to impose a, a system uh, when others are not. Uh, we've had very extraordinary circumstances where the, the demand for dairy products was so drastically reduced, particularly products that were produced for the food service channel, that they had no choice. And all of the, so many cooperatives from what we've been hearing just did that. And producers understood that they were not going to uh, uh, try to look around for another organization that would take more of their milk. They just they just did it. And so it worked very, very well under these probably unusual circumstances. Let me say. Also reacting to unusual circumstances was the federal government. Could you talk a little bit about the role of federal assistance in this recovery? Federal assistance has taken two major, uh, major forms, and that has been uh, incredibly stepped up. Uh, uh, levels of increase in the uh, the volume of dairy products purchased for distribution in food sur- in uh, food assistance programs, and that has had a noticeable effect, as I mentioned earlier, in terms of tightening up the uh, basically expanding demand, and therefore tightening the supply demand balance. Farmers are in the midst of receiving uh, some of the largest direct payments uh, as a result of the coronavirus food assistance program. Uh, and they've received really in any kind of uh, that I can think of in, in any time in the past. I figure that um, if the payments that farmers are going to receive in total are channeled to those two bad months of milk prices, that is April and May, those payments would be sufficient to give an equivalent of milk prices 
for all dairy farmers on average during those two months that would be basically well above average prices that they've received over the last uh, several years. In a sense, those payments are of sufficient magnitude, averaged over all dairy farmers, that they would basically uh, make those two very bad months of market-based uh, prices into uh, basically the same kind of, uh, almost the same level of prices that the markets are indicating is going to be the case for the second half of this year. So what should farmers keep in mind over the next few months as, as they're dealing with the economy and the finances of their own operations? They're going to have to look closely to see how, uh, how well they have survived this. And some farmers, um, particularly with the, with the direct payments and all of the other actions that have actually improved the market price outlook, there are going to be a number of farmers that are going to say, hey, I've survived this. It looked terrible. I was worried and I'm going to be very cautious. I say I'm seeing it in the cow numbers that farmers are, are expecting uh, better times. That's already been signaled by the extraordinary behavior of the, of the cash markets, not only in cheese that I talked about, but also butter. And so I think they're, they're anticipating that they're going to be able to get back to more normal operations sooner than it looked like uh, just a few months ago. That's my read on the situation. Be sure to look at NNPF's risk management page. You can get there from our homepage at www.nnpf.org for more of Peter's analysis and to subscribe to his dairy market report. You can find this podcast online on NNPF's new Sharing Our Story page. That's also from a dropdown on our homepage. And you can subscribe to this podcast on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, SoundCloud, and Google Play under the podcast name Dairy Defined. Thank you for joining us.